Welcome to Engage Boise. We hope that you enjoy this live recording of our Sunday service. I hear at our church, we believe uh, strongly what you hear us often say. It's what you see posted in the foyer out there, and that is if we love the family, we can change the world. That means our family here, but that also means the family of God. And God's hope is that every single person, child, born and unborn, will be in his family. Right? If we love the family, we can change the world. We believe it's a biblical mandate that we have. That's why we bring Stanton in. That's why we're doing this VBS the first week of June. We need your help to pull that thing off, to staff our kids' classes, because uh, we want to invite those kids into the family of God. And when we do that, this amazing thing happens. These kids come, and they have fun, and they want to drag their parents to church. And they manage to do that on a Wednesday or a Sunday, and this cool thing happens. The Holy Spirit is here, and he draws them towards God. And God does a thing that we cannot do. Uh, so we encourage you. Please be a part of that the uh, best way you see, you see fit. Um, it's also one of the reasons we love the family because we believe we can change the world because God tells us to. But it's also one of the reasons we celebrate Mother's Day the way that we do. If you didn't see out there, we've got a gift today for all the moms. Uh, not only just for moms, but for all women who are here today. Uh, we would love to just honor you and give you a little gift on the way out. Some years uh, we'll honor mothers and maybe just continue on with the series that we're doing. Some years we'll really focus in on why we celebrate Mother's Day today. I'm honored to have my uh, much better half with me today to uh, talk about Mother's Day. Uh, she's going to do the lion's share of the talking today. It's been mostly her, only a tiny bit of me. Uh, the reason is because I could say the same things that she's going to say, but her experience as a mom, it multiplies exponentially the meaning. I could say the same stuff. It's kind of like... Uh, if you are talking to a car guy, right here at Mother's Day, I'm going to talk about cars. But think about if you're talking to a car guy. And uh, I could go and I could read a book about cars, engines, carburetors, wheels, brakes. You can tell my knowledge is not real deep, right? I could go read about all this stuff and I could say, I'm going to be a car guy. I'm going to go uh, be a car guy. And I go talk to someone that's actually a car guy that's had their hands like deep inside an engine, right? Bent up to their shoulders underneath the hood which I have not really done. If I do, it's a bad day for me. You just need to know that. But uh, I go talk to one of those guys, right? And I can stay, I can have a surface level conversation with them. But as soon as the conversation gets to the experience part of it, I got nothing else to say. I can read all the stuff my wife is gonna say to you today in a book, but I have not experienced it, even though I live in the same house and I'm her husband. I haven't experienced it the same way she has because she's a mom. And that's why she's gonna do most of the talking today. Uh, today, and mostly uh, we, and mostly here, we're going to be talking about what God would say to moms, right? And I could tell you what I think God would say to moms, but she's going to do a much better job. I'm going to turn it over to you here in a, in a minute, but I want to give you uh, uh, just a few preliminary thoughts. Uh, one of those is I want to make sure not set us up, set up the high souls as some kind of paragon of uh, perfect parenting or perfect marriage. Uh, I, if you've been here very long, you've seen both of our boys uh, have a tough day when they're here. Um, it would take a really long time, way more time than we have all the Sundays in the year probably to go through all the things that we thought would work that turned out not to be true. Anyone who is a parent and who is willing to be honest would tell you that. There's this uh, song I love that has a line in it. The song is called So Real. It's by this guy named Pat Barrett. And in this song, he says that picture perfect is overdone. Because you see, anybody can take a photo, right? 
You can learn how to take a photo. You can do multiple takes. You can Photoshop it. Man, people can do some amazing things with Photoshop. The pictures of my family are uh, living proof of that because I am not photogenic at all. And somehow we've got this photographer friend that gets good pictures of me. You can do multiple takes, you can Photoshop it, and you can make it seem picture perfect. But the reason picture perfect is overdone is because more than likely it's not real. Now I like a picture perfect, uh, a perfect picture of my family as much as the next guy. I put them on my shelf, I put them on my bulletin board, and we sure try our best in our marriage and with our kids. Um, But when it comes to real life, I believe a perfect picture is not as helpful as a conversation about what's really going on. Because real marriage and real parenting and all the people who've been doing this way longer than we have, they would vouch for this. Real marriage, real parenting, it can be difficult and it can be exhausting. I see that some some, uh, parents of teenagers nodding their heads this morning, so they're at least willing to be honest. Uh, But it can also be amazing and rewarding, right? How many of you know the best things in life we have to work the hardest for? The best marriages, you got to work the hardest for. The best kids, you got to work the hardest for. My wife is a great mom and a great wife, and she's one of the hardest workers you will ever meet. If you set her on a project, you best believe the project is going to get done. And one of the many things I admire about her, though, is that she's always willing to learn and grow. Um, and as we've been married almost 16 years, 16 years this Friday, right? Is that the 19th this Friday? 16 years this Friday. Uh, we've been so blessed to be able to learn, grow together. We've had a unique journey. Many of you know. I don't know if Christina's in here still. Uh, but our daughter, Christina, was playing bass today and singing, and uh, we adopted her when we'd been married, uh, I don't know, a year or two, uh, and then we had our little boys later on, and so at one point, we had like a 20-year-old, a uh, two-year-old, and a newborn in our house, and uh, it was unique, but we learned, and it was good. I'm going to sprinkle in a thought or two throughout, but I'm going to turn it over to her today, let her talk about uh, what God would say to moms, so go ahead, dear. Welcome, by the way. Thanks. Uh, if I haven't met you, I'm Chandra, and I'm John's wife. A lot of times I'm in the back with the kids, so I don't always get to see the grown-ups as much as I would like to. Um, but John asked me to, to think about, as we were preparing for this, he said, well, just think about what God would say to moms. And uh, it's a little bit of pressure, you know, to, to take that uh, and say, okay, this is God's message for you today. But, but I did think and pray about that, and uh, this is this is what I got. So uh, probably the most uh, important thing I have to say today is Matthew chapter, 20, or chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. It goes like this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you get one thing out of today, I hope that's it. The word gospel means good news. And I think for moms, I mean, especially the ones who are in it, this is good news for you today. Jesus' burden is light. Jesus wants to trade you the peace of his presence for the weight of other people's expectations and demands. And I just want to offer that to you today if you're carrying that. that Jesus' burden is light for you. Because I think we, and by we, I don't necessarily mean you guys in this building, but I think American culture in general, and and maybe social media in particular, that we expect moms to be like perfect superheroes. 
And uh, it starts before you even have the baby. Think back to when you had the baby, right? Before you had the baby. Take your multivitamins. Don't eat soft cheeses. Don't eat deli meats unless you heat them up really hot because somehow that, you know, that's safer. Uh, Omega-3s are good. So, you know, have your omega-3s, but not too much fish because there might be too much mercury. And uh, don't drink too much coffee, but like a little coffee is okay. When I was pregnant with Luke, they said, you need to eat a little bit low carb. Your blood sugar is a little high, but you know, like you're not like gestational diabetes, but, but just eat low carb but not too low carb because you might give him brain damage. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and with John, I remember the doctor being like, you need to do a kick count every day. You need to count how many times the baby is kicking. And this will tell you for babies in distress. And I was like, okay, so just if the baby's in distress, you can do something about that, right? And they were like, no, probably not actually. So <laughs> I was like, okay. So I actually, I don't want to be like judgy on the doctors because I know they have a hard job, but there were a lot of things that it felt like man, this is, this is a lot of demands to put on me. And uh, the good news is not one of those things is in the Bible. And you know what else is not in the Bible? Screen time limits, social media restrictions, rules about cell phones, instructions about which TV shows or movies are okay and which are not, or whether or not you have to feed your kid organic food or do other dietary restrictions, how much sugar, whether they should learn a foreign language, which school they should go to, what age they can start playing sports and which ones they should play. All that stuff, it's not in the Bible. So let me just tell you, God does not put the burden of society's expectations on you for any of that stuff. But the Bible does give parents some instruction. So I I looked up some verses about that, and so this is some stuff that the Bible does have to say to us. Proverbs 13, 24. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. The Bible tells us to discipline our kids. Now, I don't think you have to interpret this if you're not a spanker in your house, that you are required to spank. I don't think that that is trying to say that, but it is trying to say we need to discipline our kids, and we can't just let them run wild. Proverbs 22, 6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. The Bible tells us, teach your kids right from wrong so they know. It tells us God decides what's right and what's wrong, that we don't get a pick. As we say in kids' church, God made us, so he gets to make the rules. And we got to teach our kids that so they know. We need to teach our kids about God, and we need to take them to church. Ephesians 6, 4. Hang on, it's further back here. Fathers, and I think this applies to mothers as well, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So I think God is telling us, don't be impossible to please. Let your kids feel like they can please you and that they can learn and, and that it's positive. So a couple times to this, I'm just going to give you a couple notes, and this is the dad part, okay? We're not to Father's Day yet, but I would just want to give you a little instruction as to how, as a dad or a male or a grandpa or whatever, you can help. When it comes to discipline, uh, whatever you choose, uh, just make sure that you're consistent. If you choose to spank, then do it in a consistent way. If you choose to take away privileges, do it in a consistent way. 
Uh, it's very, very important that you do what you say you're going to do. We have found that with our kids, um, with Christina as a teenager and our little guys. Uh, it's really important that whatever you choose, you do it together. You got to present a united front. You have to. Um, I would just encourage you, moms, don't be afraid to wait and make sure you're on the same page when it comes to a consequence. You don't have to dole it out right there. In fact, um, carrying out, we found this, carrying out discipline that you don't believe in is very difficult, right? Even if it's a good thing, if you don't believe in it, if it's not what you decided together, it's really hard to carry it out. And kids uh, and teenagers, it's crazy. They can sense when you're not together, right? It's like blood in the water. (laughs) It's true. Uh, You know, one thing, you you may all know this, but I just want to remind you, moms, if it's been a hard day, uh, sometimes waiting for dad to come home, that is as much punishment as anything else. Don't be afraid to use it to say, dad is coming and he's going to take care of this. And on the other side, dad, when you come home, you better take care of it. <laughs> oh, that's just a little part I have about discipline. The biggest thing, man, support your wife. Be together. Be consistent. Go ahead, dear. So, Jesus offers us that train. So, I just wanted to encourage you to let go of the fear of being scrutinized for not being super mom. Maybe when your kids are not doing what you expect them to do or the discipline's hard. God gives us grace. Um, Don't carry the pressure of pleasing Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Don't carry the burden of pleasing the entire internet. No one does that. Okay, no one. So just accept that you will not please everyone. There might be people who have opinions about your parenting, and that is okay. Um, Also, there's like a thing in our brains that you will not remember any of the encouraging comments that you get. You will only remember the judgy ones. So if there are things that you remember that hurt your feelings, like there's probably other good stuff that you've forgotten. And just, I guess I would encourage you to try to let go of, of the things that, you remember that people have said about your parenting, they were probably wrong. Or if, you know, if you had a bad day and maybe there was some justification to it, there's also a lot of good days in there too. So I don't want to forget to say before I move on, let's try to offer that grace to other people too. Um, I think some of the pressure moms face is friendly fire that uh, it's coming from other moms. And I'll tell you, I do have opinions about some of the stuff I've been talking about. It's not really a free-for-all at my house. Uh, I don't have any rules. But it doesn't do a lot of good for me to make somebody else feel guilty about their rules being a little different, especially when it's not something the Bible says. Honestly, their kids are probably going to be fine. And um, it's good to think that stuff through. And, you know, if you're in it right now, I'd encourage you to think it through. What do you think is important? pick some stuff and pick some stuff to like not care that much about because it's not that big of a deal. And it's okay if that's a little bit different from, you know, what someone else on social media is doing. So, you know, if you're going through the drive through McDonald's and someone else cooked a nice home cooked meal for their kids, that's okay. Um, just exchange the heavy burden of your expectations or Instagram's expectations for some grace. Maybe your house rules are better than someone else's, but God can speak to them if they are, if they need to change things. So I think other moms sometimes need us to offer them grace and support instead of picking apart their parenting. So in what you say in person, on the internet, um, let's try to be like Jesus by being gentle and humble in heart, like that verse says. 
by assuming you should hold back your criticism unless God tells you otherwise. And remember that a little comment from you might create a burden or a lot of guilt on someone else, just the same as we remember the comments that maybe other people have made to us. They may remember something we say without even thinking. Um, And one way in which Jesus' burden is light is I think he teaches us that our children are not a mirror of us. And we just did this series in our women's Bible study. It was, by the way, it's 9.30 on Sundays. We have a women's Bible study and a men's Bible study, and they're awesome. If you are not coming, they're great. They're not on the internet. You got to come. Um, but we talked about the mirror complex. And um, the mirror complex is when you walk by a reflective surface, what do you do? Do you look at your neighbor in it? No, you look at yourself. Because that's just what we do. It's like a human nature thing, right? We don't first glance at our kids or our husbands. We look at me. And sometimes we treat our family like it's a mirror as well. We start thinking that how well-behaved my child is is a reflection of me as a mom or, you know, my parenting. Um, Parenting well does matter, and our kids do remember what we say to them. But some kids are easier kids than others. And uh, you may have a child that is challenging. So there's some stuff God says to parents that we, you know, we're talking about do that stuff. But I would like to lighten your burden a little bit and tell you that your kid, your kids are their own people. And when they grow up, they get to a point where they get to make their own decisions. Uh, When I was a kid, we said to kids in kids' church, God does not have grandchildren. Remember hearing that? Anybody remember hearing that? That meant you can't just rely on your parents. You've got to have your own relationship with God. You've got to serve him for yourself. You can't just like ride the coattails, right? But that goes for parents too, that you are not required to be like the person in between so that your children will be God's grandchildren. No, they need to follow God for themselves. So, you know, when your children are old enough to make decisions, if they make decisions that go against what you've taught them, they own that decision and you do not. So don't carry that as a burden. Um, our daughter, Christina, is here today. We adopted her as a teenager. Um, and I, we, I remember, like, realizing, you know, She's pretty independent. She makes decisions, and sometimes I don't even know what they are. I cannot stop her from doing things I don't want her to do. And the stuff John and I told her still matters. You know, the way we raised her when we had her, that matters. But she gets to decide for herself what she does. And maybe some of you guys here today, I don't know if anybody is, is carrying that burden, but if you are, I want you to hear that, that your children are not your mirror and you can only answer for what you put into your kids, and it's up to them, like what they do with that. So I wanted to read Judges 8, 33 through 35, because Gideon was actually a pretty good guy and a good leader. And look what happened to Gideon. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They set up Baal Bareth as their God and did not remember the Lord their God who had rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. They also failed to show kindness to the family of Jeroboam, that is Gideon, for all the good things he had done for them. Gideon was a good leader. He didn't deserve this. He didn't do a bad job and God was punishing him. But the Israelites got to make their own choice and they made a bad one here. If you keep reading, it gets really bad. But sometimes your kids, you did your part, and they made a choice that you don't like. And I just, I guess I just want to tell moms, like, it's not always your fault. 
So don't carry that or feel like it's your responsibility. It's not always a reflection on you. It's very good stuff. Um, a couple of notes from me there. Um, Christina, she came to live with us when she was 13 and uh, from a completely different lifestyle than we lived. And it's a really cool God story. Someday we'll get her here and let her tell you about it. Um, but it, I'm sure for her it was just this fire hose of new stuff because it was all different. And we could give you funny examples of, of just some, some really interesting things at first. And we realized pretty early on that there is a, there's a lot of time for grace with your kids. When you're speaking good stuff into them, when you think like, come on, you should know this by now. This is time number 10, 15, 20, 25, right? Um, one thing that's really helped me, um, and we saw Christina like picked up our traits really quickly, but uh, with our two boys, um, boy, we, I have seen so much, um, like my, uh, the, the things that I struggle with, I see those things in them so much, and it really helps to realize where those things are coming from. Uh, Luke, our son, uh, he is a, a ray of sunshine wherever he goes. Um, but Luke also, I was really bad at losing stuff when I was a kid. Uh, Luke is worse than me by like a matter of 10. Um, and it does get frustrating. The other day we, got, we went to leave for soccer. He couldn't find his sweatshirt and he couldn't find his soccer ball. And we're like, Luke, we got to go. We're going to be late. So we get down here and guess what is at soccer practice? His soccer ball and his sweatshirt. And he says, oh, I must have left these at practice last week. And the coach says, no, you left them at the game. I got them and brought them for you, right? <laughs> but there's a time for grace, right? He's got to learn it, and he will. You've got to understand, sometimes the problem isn't rebellion. Sometimes it's the way God made your kids. Sometimes the problem, and this is just human nature, uh, friends, you can try and raise them perfect. You can try and speak all the good stuff. But sometimes the problem isn't them rebellion. Sometimes the problem is they're hungry or tired. We like to call it hangry, right? When they're young or when they're old. I'm 43, I still get hangry. My wife can vouch for this. Sometimes the problem isn't that they're being in rebellion. Sometimes is that they're strong-willed. God made them that way, right? And uh, they're learning how to interpret what they're feeling, what they're seeing, and what they're getting from you. Um, I'll just reiterate what she said. Uh, you think they didn't hear you, but they heard you. You think they didn't hear you, but they heard you, I promise. Um, and uh, Christina's nodding because this happened. We said so much to her in such a short amount of time. You know, think about if you're going to raise a kid in a godly way and you have zero to 18, or we had 13 to 18, or however long she lived with us. And we just put it all in there, and we hoped it took. And uh, there were days when it seemed like she didn't remember it, but she heard it all. To just know parents, they hear it. Um, we have to teach our, our kids to handle it when life is tough. That starts when they're young. But we also have to know that grace in those moments uh, is so important and the knowledge that uh, for them that we're going to be there on the other side, whether they get it right this time or whether they don't, right? Uh, that kind of grace, so that is the most important gift you can give your kids. And uh, we have really learned that over the last uh, little while. Uh, another way that Jesus offers us a burden that is light as he teaches us to be grateful. Being a mom can be pretty messy sometimes, um, especially in those younger years, right? And emotionally very messy when they're teenagers. I remember, so Christina is like 16 years older than John and 18 years older than Luke. So she would go to, or no, they would go to bed and I'd be like, yes, free time. And it was like tag team. They'd be like, my turn <laughs> and all the teenage stuff. And 
be after the boys went to bed. And man, sometimes it is, it's a lot and it's messy. Um, but Jesus teaches us to be grateful to have the problems we have. And I, I want to tell a story today. Um, when Christina was on the road to adulthood, there was a time where she'd made some choices that we did not approve of and stuff happened and it was hard. And a few months later, I was still feeling pretty negative about things. And um, I read this book. It was a fictional book. And it had this guy, this Christian guy, and he had a daughter, and she was like wayward. And she was, um, and I just remember reading, being like, I know, I know, our, you know, how it feels to have a daughter who's not making choices that are, you know, choices that you're happy with. And in the book, the girl like goes off and does something dumb. I think the, she goes out with this boy and he's like drinking and driving and they have a car accident or something. It, it, the book was not a very good book, like not well written and I really don't even remember the plot. But I remember like the drama and like, he's like, I might have lost my daughter and you know, she's like in the ICU or something and he's freaking out. And I'm reading this book about this guy with this problem with his kid and it was like, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, he would love to have your problem. And I was like, my daughter's in my house. My boys are healthy. And I have my husband and I have my family and I have problems. They're not, they weren't not real. But I just realized that like other people might love to have that problem. That day, I really started trying to move on from the situation and treat my daughter better and forgive her and be grateful that I had her and realize that things could be better. And I think that's an important thing to do sometimes. I just want to ask you, what are your problems? Maybe think about what they are and then think about who would trade you. Because if your kids are rambunctious and crazy and frustrating... Maybe there's an empty nester who wishes she had that problem. And if you're an empty nester and you feel like your kids don't call enough and you miss them, maybe there's a mom who's lost a baby who'd be happy to trade with you. Whatever your problems are, I just want you to know there's people in the sound of my voice that would trade with you. So it doesn't mean your problems and frustrations and bad days aren't real. They are real and it is hard sometimes. But... Maybe try to be a little glad sometimes for the things that are frustrating because they're a sign of good things God has brought into our life. I wanted to stop here and take a minute. And I want to pray for something special to me. Um, I want to pray for women who want to have babies and they don't have them. It's Mother's Day. We're talking mostly to moms. But there are women who are wanting to become moms or to conceive and they just have had trouble. And I want to pray for those women today. Because like I said, some people want to have our problems. So will you guys join with me in prayer? And let's pray for these women. Lord, I thank you for my problems. For three children who are healthy and who know you. And I pray for the women who's, who've asked us to pray for them. Whose names are written on this card. God, you know what is going on with them. Lord, Help me to see the gifts that you've given me and be grateful for them. And Lord, help these women who want to have the problems I have. Lord, I pray that you would give them chaotic, rambunctious children, babies to love. Lord, if there's medical stuff that needs to be healed, I pray that you would heal it. If there's doctors who need to have wisdom 
if there's procedures that need to happen and money that needs to come about so that that can happen, Lord, I just pray that you would provide for these women who want to be moms or be moms again, and they need your help. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. And I just want to say, we are lucky sometimes. And we, in the day-to-day, sometimes it's easy to forget and overlook because it's frustrating, because it's hard, because it's lonely. So I just want to encourage you guys, sometimes be glad for your problems, because they mean that you have blessings in your life. All right, I got another thing. And that is, uh, moms, we can, we can lift some of the burdens of our family. Um, the my burden is like doesn't just apply to us. It can apply to other members of our family. And that God gives women the ability to encourage sometimes, sometimes, maybe more powerfully than anybody else in the family. Uh, I wanted to read you guys Proverbs 14.1. The wise woman builds her house, but with, the, with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Now, I think it might actually mean like physically building it. I'm not sure. But I tell you what, we say tearing someone down when we talk about how we talk about them, right? Or talk to them. And building someone up when we talk about how we talk to them. And I think this verse definitely also refers to our words. When we have critical words and a spirit of finding fault... Now we can really tear down our families that God gave us. And when we have words that build each other up and encourage our house, we can build it up. And you guys, this one's hard for me. <laughs> um, sometimes I don't encourage people enough. I mean, just to be real with you, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to like pick, pick, pick all the time, but I want them to be the best they can. So I just, man, sometimes I'm hard to please. I want to challenge them. So I'm like, let me just give you a little bit more instruction. I mean, really good, good, good. But let, let me tell you something else that you need to do. And um, I think it's possible, I know it's possible to be so busy pushing your husband and your kids that they never really hear me say how proud I am of them. Sometimes maybe I forget to say things like, you're doing a good job, or I believe in you. And Sometimes when I do say those things to my kids and my husband, I can, like, see it change their countenance. They're like a flower that's, like, thirsty for the rain, and you just see how much that means to them in the moment. And not always do I see it in the moment, but sometimes I'll see it, and I'll be like, I should do that more. (laughs) My husband needs to hear that he's doing a good job. And my kids need to hear, good job. Not... Do it a little bit better next time. Almost. They need to hear good jobs sometimes from me. Um, If everyone is telling my husband he's such a great pastor, but he feels like I disapprove, like, it's actually not, he's not good. (laughs) He needs my approval, even if he gets other people's. And I bet your husband's the same. He needs your approval. And with our kids, even if many people praise them, if you're not praising them, the world's not quite right. So, you know, my kids can get good grades. They like the good grades. They like to come home with my school. Our school does like leadership awards is what they'll give them. They can come home with their little leadership award, but they want to show it to me and bask in my approval. And that is a gift I can give them is just to approve of them and to say, good job. 
So if you're like me, good job challenging your kids, but don't forget to tell them that they're doing a good job already, um, that they're smart or strong or good kids because we don't want them to carry a heavy burden either. We can make our family's burden light when we speak encouraging words to them. So don't just feel that love in your heart. You know, it's Mother's Day and it's like sentimental and that's good, but don't forget to say that stuff and not just today, but you know, throughout your life and your week and your time with them. Speak your love, your encouragement, your approval. And I would also say to be careful of the criticism you give. Here's my last Bible verse, Proverbs 12, 18. Reckless words pierce like the sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Does anybody here remember a piece of criticism you got as a child? So just be careful what you say when you criticize. Uh, there's like a study that says it takes four positive things to outweigh one negative thing. And I don't, I guess I don't know what exactly the ratio is in everybody's brain. It might be a little bit different for different people, but I'll tell you, we got to hear more positive stuff than negative stuff because we'll remember just the negative. So let's let our kids know we believe in them, even when they don't get it right, even when we're telling them they need to behave. <laughs> um, and, and trade the weight of impossible expectations for the lightness of knowing that we love them no matter what. It's awesome. I told you she had a better perspective than I did about a lot of this stuff. And I just want to reiterate a couple things. Um, you know, just so you know, uh, like I said, our parenting journey has been unique and awesome. And we believe that uh, God made it the way it is for a reason. We always, when uh, we introduced Christina, we introduced her as our daughter. Right? And that was a promise we made to her when she came to live with us. You're our daughter. We're not renting you until you're 18. You know? Um, and my parents and Shauna's parents did a great job. Just, this is our granddaughter. And sometimes, she doesn't do it as much anymore, but she used to love to just let people dangle. When we'd say, hey, this is our daughter. When, you know, we were 10 years younger. This is our daughter, Christina. And her and Shauna look enough alike that they would be confused because she looked too young to have a daughter that age. And so, so they would just look confused and she just loved to let them be confused sometimes. Um, you know, uh, she has pictures in her office of our whole family. She's had people think they're sister wives. I mean, it's like the stories go on and on. Our story is maybe a little different than yours. And the stuff Shauna is referring to, we went through with her. And we're so proud of her. She's here today playing bass, um, you know, ministering and living her life in Twin Falls. And, and doing. She's a great kid. She's 26, but she's still a great kid. Um, uh, but our problems are not any better or worse than yours. I mean, there are other things we went through. But... They're not any better or worse than yours. Everyone goes through stuff. Um, but just reiterate what she said. Man, we have to allow our kids to go on the journey. You try and you put the good stuff in, but you got to let them go on the journey. And at some point, the journey becomes more their journey than it's our journey. Um, and I'll tell you, the mindset she talked about, um, I knew I'd get emotional at this part, but uh, man, her changing her mindset, it changed the course of our house. Um, it affected every day, every interaction, that not only that she had, but that we had in our house for the better. It changed the course of our house. Um, and I want you to know, husbands in this place, there's nothing I could have said that could have affected that change in her heart. Even if I knew uh, that that was what needed to happen, um, I, couldn't have, I couldn't have done it. 
it had to be something that she had to find on her own. She needed uh, the time and the space and the support to get there on her own, but I couldn't make it happen. So thank you for being uh, vulnerable. Guys, um, the Bible says that we should love our wives as Christ loved the church. And I remember when I was a kid and I read this like a teenager. Uh, well, that sounds good. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. And then you realize like what Jesus did is he died for the church. <laughs> Seems a little tougher when you realize that part, right? Jesus gave his physical life for the church, which the Bible describes as a bride of Christ. And I have news for you though, man. Your physical life can't save your wife. You might be able to, there's a situation where you could save her physically, but your physical life can't send her to heaven. Your physical life can't make her relationship with her kids and her husband and her workplace can't make it better. But the giving of her every day, it can save our wife. So a few things, here's a few things I'm always working on, dads, husbands, grandfathers, uh, that help me do that. One of them uh, is that, one thing you can do, husbands, dads, is you can pray for your wife each day. Now, I told you before there was nothing I could have said or done to help her change her mindset in that specific way. But the only thing I could do was pray for her. If you want to see a change in your house, men, in any way, uh, the way you're going to get there is by praying for your family and for your wife. You can pray out loud. You can pray in your heart, preferably both. But I'll tell you that praying out loud with your wife, it carries much more power than just those physical words that are said. When you pray out, pray out loud with your wife, it just has this effect of binding you together. And it's not something you can do any other way. God does it when you pray. So I encourage you, pray out loud with your wife every time you get the chance. Um, pray out loud, or pray in your heart for your wife when you think of her throughout the day. Uh, if you have kids and when you have kids, it's so essential, this is something I have to do, uh, is that you love and respect your wife in front of them. Your kids need to see you love and respect your wife. Um, your kids, our kids, they're going to do what we do. We can say what we want till we're blue in the face, but our kids are going to do what we do. And our actions have to match up with our words. If our actions don't match up with our words, they're going to do our actions instead. It's, it's kind of scary. My sons, they tend to follow a lot of what I do, and Christina followed a lot of what Christina did, and it is a blessing, and it's awesome to realize, but it also makes me a little fearful. They're going to see me, and they're going to copy me, and for that reason, I better align my heart with God's, right? Um, there, there's a ton of expectations, like she said, a ton of expectations and lots of outside pressure on our wives, and husbands, grandfathers, it's so essential. We have to do our best not to add any more expectations. They've got enough already. You know, if they feel like they're messing up on a thing, they don't need us to tell them, probably. So we have to do our best not to add anymore. I would just encourage you, husbands, physically, practically, just pick up the slack when something needs done and don't expect anything in return. Right? We're trained in life to everything's a transaction. Well, if I do this, then I'll get this. If I go work these hours, I get paid this money. Man, it is so helpful for the, uh, just the temperature of your house. Pick up slack when stuff needs done. Don't expect anything in return, there's no need for it to be a transaction. And I'll tell you this, your wife, husbands, uh, your wife loves you as much as you love her, probably more. And she probably picks up slack for you a hundred ways you don't know about. Right? Just like, you know, we may be doing things and doing this thing. and She doesn't even know I did this. or My kids don't know I did this. She probably does the same thing for you in a thousand different ways that you don't even know about. Lastly, I would just... Uh, 
I encourage you to believe the best in your wife. This is a phrase we say in our house all the time. If you've known us very long, you've heard us say it. Believe the best in your wife. Um, and believing the best has everything to do with the condition of my heart and nothing to do with her. Right? I believe the best in my wife um, because it's a, something that I have decided to do. On her good days, her bad days, and everything in between. It's, I believe the best in my wife regardless of what she does. Has everything to do with me, nothing to do with her. And husbands, when you begin to believe the best in your wife, um, it'll change the temperature of your house. And it's also really, really important you make sure that your wife and your kids know that you believe the best in her. When she's got to work long days, we just came through a season where she worked a lot. So essential that my boys know I believe the best in her. Believe that I understand the reason she's doing that. I know what it does is when I lead her in that way, uh, it, it encourages her to do it, come in the other direction. It's not anything I have to say. It's just a thing I do and I exemplify. So I encourage you, husbands, if you remember one thing from this, believe the best in your wife. Start it in your heart. We'll go from there. Um, just know that Chandra and I, uh, like I said, our journey is unique and it's still ongoing. And uh, we talked about you know, parenting and being a mom and our kids are probably gonna set something on fire on the way out. That's kind of the way it works when you get up and you speak about something. Uh, but we're with you. Uh, you know, we are alongside you and we're all on the journey of parenting together. Uh, but I encourage you, uh, believe the best in each other. Take, if you're a mom or you wanna be a mom, take my wife's words to heart. If we can ever help, come find us. We're not experts, but we'll do our best. Um, but we appreciate you. Uh, we love doing life alongside you. Uh, to be done, uh, before we finish today, what, dear, why don't you pray to close us out and then uh, we'll send you on your way on Mother's Day. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the family. We know that that was your idea, not ours. And I just thank you that you have put us in our families. God, we thank you for our problems. We thank you for the blessings it means that you've given us. God, I just pray for each family represented here today. Lord, I pray that you would give us love for our families. Help us to approach our family with the lightness of the burden you would give and not the heaviness of other people's expectations. Lord, I pray that you would help us to love and support each other, to speak words of encouragement, to be pleased when the people in our family do what is good and let them know that. God, I pray that you would be with us in the hard days, the days when our children aren't doing what they're supposed to do or when there's tension between husband and wife. God, you are still good in all that stuff. Lord, lead us through. Help us learn more and more how to serve you, how to go your way. Help us learn, Lord, in the factory of our family, how to love and have joy and peace and all the fruit that your spirit brings. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. 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 Friends, thanks for being here today. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all of you in the place. Don't forget, if you are a lady, there's a free gift for you on the way out. We'd love to hand you one of those. Don't forget, sign up to bring something Memorial Day and also to help us at VBS. We will see you all Wednesday night at 7 p.m. or next Sunday. Thanks for coming to church, and we will see you soon. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit us at engageboise.com. Have an amazing day.